At least 74 people were killed, 12 of them children. Officials described the five-story de derelict block as a hijacked building. That's one abandoned by landlords and taken over by gangs and other groups who lease it out to people who cannot afford other means of housing. The fire, which has now been extinguished, began early on Thursday. It's been called the worst in recent memory. The cause is not yet clear. Now, in the past few hours, South Africa's president visited the site to get a briefing from search and rescue teams, and he said the disaster was caused in part by a social crisis. We've got to go to the bottom of what caused this fire and also address from now on. It's a wake-up call for us to begin to address the situation of housing in the inner city. Well, we've got David McKenzie in Johannesburg for us where he's been speaking to witnesses firsthand. He's been on the ground to see um, exactly what played out um, over the day. David, we heard from the president there saying it's a wake-up call that we need to focus on housing. But frankly, hijacked buildings have been a very big issue. If you're in Johannesburg, you know exactly um, the problems that the city faces. Tell me what you saw today um, and where we stand right now. Eleni, it's a very dark day in South Africa, I have to say. And people are shocked at the extent yeah. of the loss of life in this fire that ripped through this building in downtown Johannesburg. Yes, the president called up it a wake-up call. Others called it an accident waiting to happen that should have been prevented. A woman's wail pierces the streets of Johannesburg. More than 70 people are now dead and dozens injured after a brutal fire tore through a five-story building in the center of the South African city. Listen, people are easy. They make noise. Yeah, it's fire, 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 fire. Survivors like Wiseman and Pepper say he was woken up by screams in the early hours of the morning and raced to get out of the building. But the gates were locked. So I come back in the gate. The fire is full, full. After that, I don't have any plan. I just see it. The smoke quickly smothering him. The smoke is coming to me. Yeah. After that, I just fall down. Then, from there, I don't know anything until now. Authorities quickly on the scene, moving through the building floor by floor and pulling out charred bodies. Many, though, still remain missing. I have a brother, sister. And uh, yeah, sister, husband. she's a husband, sister, husband. You don't know where they are? I don't know. Another survivor, who lost three sisters, describes how her niece was thrown out the window and caught by people who already made it outside. My in-law, she just hit the window and to throw the daughter outside. They, the people, they just take my the, the daughter on while it was hot on the air. You look at this building behind me, you can imagine the chaos and the terror that ensued. People desperately trying to get out of those packed apartments floors of it totally gutted as people were burnt to death. This is what's known as a hijacked building in South Africa, taken over by gangs and mostly leased to poor migrants. This is not an accident. Uh, the, this for me, it's made our capable homicide because it, it was bound to happen. We are actually what you see in this building. I can tell you, I can take you to buildings that are west of Langdas where people live for Western peaks. This tragedy tangled into the deeply ingrained inequality across the country. 
Many of the people lived here were migrants, just hoping to start a new life. Instead, emergency services now sorting through the ashes of the little that is left. Now that building has been taken over by the police. No one's allowed inside, Eleni. And certainly there's a lot of questions being asked of how this could happen. The investigation will begin and fingers will be pointed. But the reality remains in the skyline you see behind me. There are multiple buildings like this with many people living in this kind of squalor. Eleni? Yeah. David McKenzie, uh, thank you so much uh, for that report. Really important story for us today. Well, I want to take you back to 2017 when I visited a hijacked building in Johannesburg, similar to the one that burned down today. I was joined by the city's then mayor, Herman Mashaba, during a police raid on the complex. The living conditions there were absolutely dire, made worse by unregulated construction. Here is what I saw. Look at these informal structures that have been built within the building itself. Each one of these houses part an entire family. There's no running water. There are just cable wires running through for electricity. Um, it's very, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like an informal settlement within a, a building. Um, and just to show you how small it is, I mean, just these informal structures that have been put together. Really small. And, and, and stuffy. I mean, there's absolutely no ventilation in here. There's no, there's no sun, there's no ventilation. <laughs> the conditions are, are very extreme. It was a harrowing experience, um, one that will stay with me. Forever. I, I'm joined now by Moletsi Mbeki, who is the ch deputy chair of the South African Institute of International Affairs. He's also the brother of uh, the former president, Thabo Mbeki. He joins us now. Um, Moletsi, great to have you on with us, sir. Um, look, I've been to these, in, uh, these hijacked buildings. I just know exactly what the conditions are like. It is a difficult situation. Um, but they've become so prolific within the, the CBD of Johannesburg, and it's almost become part of the dynamics of the city. Um, there are families living there. They're living in these inhumane conditions. They're working men and they're working women. But the buildings are run illegally and they're very dangerous. The question is here, where to move these people? What do you think the government has done um, to be able to sort out the situation that's been plaguing the city for many years now? Well, the, 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 the authorities in South Africa, the, the government in South Africa, is really only nominally in charge of what is going on in, uh, in the country. It's nominally in control of the country. Uh, it's, it's marginally in control of the, of the borders of the country. It has totally lost control of the urbanization of South Africa. There is no town planning except for a small part uh, where the middle class and the upper class live. But for the rest of the, of, of the population, of the working class, of the poor, there is no town planning whatsoever. So it is not surprising that uh, what happened uh, today uh, actually happened. The, 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 the authorities are not in control. Yeah. And in a way, I'm not really interested in the welfare of the poor in South Africa.
Um, Moleti, look, the biggest issue remains that even though there is some works underway and government has said that they're trying to make a plan, but even with, you know, more affordable housing, it's still unaffordable to the large part of the population. Around half of South Africans are currently on welfare. To give the viewers an indication, that's 350 rand a month. That's around $19 a month. With that kind of, you know, support, you're basically saying to someone, you can only live in an informal settlement, that's just enough to feed one person. So what to do about the unaffordability of life in Johannesburg? Yes, but the unemployment problem is not a standalone problem. It's not a, a, a mysterious problem. It's an outcome of economic policies that the government is driving. That is why we have such high unemployment. The, primary economic policies that are being driven by the South African government favor in particular the black middle class and the middle class and the upper class in general. Just to give you an illustration, the public service in South Africa is the highest paid in the world relative to the GDP of the country. Wow. And that is where the new elite in South Africa is employed. So the unemployment that you're talking about is a consequence of the economic policies of this government. So, so let's see, then the, the question now becomes, has government failed in economic policy as we speak right now? And are they making an effort to change this reality for the majority of South Africans? I agree with you, the, the government's economic policies have failed completely. Our railway infrastructure is in a complete shambles because there is no investment in the railways. So we cannot take our minerals like coal, like iron ore, like manganese ore to international markets, which is why there is so much unemployment. And that is the failure our so the, economic growth rate, the last figure I saw, was 0.3%. That is in South Africa. Now, in sub-Saharan Africa, the economic growth rate is above 3%. But in South Africa, it's at 0.3%. So the economic policies of this government have failed totally. And that's why we are getting the catastrophes like you see, yeah. you saw today today.